many ways, it already seems like a lifetime ago. Um, we just had a new Star Wars movie come out, The Rise of Skywalker. And in reality, as I'm recording this, actually, let me take a look at my calendar. It's barely, wow, it's crazy. It's barely over a month since we had a new installment. And the final installment of the Skywalker saga uh, debut in theaters. But in the era of the internet, that might as well be a lifetime. Might as well <laughs> be decades in internet years. Um, because it's the, the reaction videos have come out, the, uh, the, our reaction podcasts, the narratives have developed, the sides have been uh, more extreme. The lines have been drawn. The opinions have been formed. And we've been talking about this movie a lot on the Star Wars Report podcast. Um, a whole series dedicated to the characters, the central moments of the film. But now, after uh, too long off, it's time for us to um, let you into that. Uh, and we're here to actually have a fun introspective and curious look and response at uh, the rise of skywalker and it's all you you guys uh, have been emailing the show with some really well thought out amazing stuff and so that's what this episode is this episode of the star wars report podcast let's start it right now That is only appropriate to have a Han and Leia uh, theme, because that's really the central moments of Rise of Skywalker are all about. Hey, everybody! Welcome back. It is the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. I am sitting solo. <gasps> yeah, that's right. I'm <clears throat> I'm flying solo. In fact, as I record this, I probably shouldn't be admitting. Well, whatever. It's currently 1:35 a.m in the AM uh, in the palatial Star Wars Report Studios, my apartment complex here in South Carolina. Um, And it's been a hot second. It's been a while, honestly, (laughs) since I've sat down to record the Star Wars Report. So I won't tease the emails too much. That's literally all this episode is going to be is I'm going to go through a whole host of email. We're going to empty out the mailbag. Um, Bruce is not with us this, this week or Mark for obvious reasons. Because it's 1.36 a.m. in the morning. Uh, that's because I'm currently on night shift at the at the day job, or should I say at the night job. So uh, that's the explanation. That's why we had to take last week off. And uh, honestly, we're in the midst of some problem solving and planning uh, for the future of the podcast, looking at what we want to do with the Star Wars Report this, uh, this year. So I'm going to do an update on the actual, like, nuts and bolts of the show and some uh, tweaks and changes we're going to be making and... Um, some updates on the show itself, but I'm going to push that to the very end. So you can stick around and listen to the very end of the show uh, if you want like production updates. I won't bore you guys uh, with those details right now. Um, but yeah, this is episode 420 of the Star Wars Report uh, podcast. And this is our feedback episode. Let's jump straight into our... I'm just going to go in linear email. We have so many emails. So I'm just literally going to go for it. Um, and if you want to jump in and have any further comments, we'll do another mailbag episode. Email us starwarsreport at gmail.com, like Cliff did. Cliff says, Hey, I listened to your recap podcast of The Rise of Skywalker, and I thought about how Rey had the power to heal a couple of times in the movie, and then Kylo Ren healed her. It made me think of, uh, that of Palpatine telling Anakin that he could heal Padme and keep her alive after the birth of Luke and Leia. Made me think it was something uh, that, had be, that had to be done, or <clears throat> excuse me, that had been done, but up to that point only realized by the Sith and Palpatine. Which I like, and Cliff, I do like the way that, that The Rise of Skywalker gets uh, right into the mythology of the prequels, because the, the crux, the deciding point of Anakin falling to the dark side is his selfishness to to keep Padme possessively um, to himself. Uh, And that famous dialogue scene 
in the middle of the action-packed Revenge of the Sith that's just going at 110%, right in the middle of the, the middle act of the movie, we get that beautiful like seven-minute dialogue scene between Anakin and Palpatine. And he's, as we all remember, he's like, the power to create life. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. They had that. They had that line in like all of the all of the TV spots. <laughs> if you guys were, if, I, I remember watching all of the TV spots back to back on the Revenge of the Sith uh, DVD at the time, and like every single one of them had that line. Not from a Jedi turns to camera. Um, but his idea, the idea is I, I can save Padme from death. And the poetry is, is it in his efforts, in his efforts to save her, I said, they could rule the galaxy together. I don't remember the exact line. I'm trying to remember. It's a, it's a, it's very close to Empire Strikes Back. Um, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> but, but I guess I, the reason I'm walking through those moments in my in my mind of Revenge of the Sith is that when you fast forward all the way up to Rise of Skywalker by sort of shoehorning Palpatine in, which I say shoehorning, like I, I think that was something J.J. Abrams wanted to do, but just something that he would have done in the second film, not all in the <clears throat> last movie. Um, you see the way Palpatine has literally kept himself alive. And I like how that, and Cliff, when you write about, you know, the idea that he, uh, he could heal Padme and keep her alive after the birth of Luke and Leia, I like the fact that that power must have existed in some way. Um, and that now we're seeing force healing reintroduced. Where I guess we saw it introduced in the Mandalorian, I, I kind of wish we had a better ability to. Uh, uh, force healing is a little out of, little out of touch with Jedi tradition, in the films. It's a bit of a stretch. But I like that it. I like that they went there. Um. You quite literally see Palpatine's hand kind of reconstructing itself. It's pretty, it's pretty badass, actually. Hey, let's uh, let's get to this next email. It's from um, who? Uh, Kurt. Kurt uh, says, "Hey guys, uh, it's fun to listen to you guys. Very much enjoyed the conversa- conversation and enthusiasm." Oh, of course, Kurt. Um, he said, "I wanted to share my thoughts on the Rise of Skywalker. It's a fun movie and exciting to watch with many great scenes and visuals, but..." When you come to analyze it and break down, break it down like st- other Star Wars, it doesn't hold up to me for many reasons. It doesn't make s- uh, sense how Palpatine is alive. It feels really disjointed uh, from the rest of the trilogy and saga. Going into this new trilogy, um, Jason Hunt, that's uh, I think of the Wampus Lair podcast, he asked the question that's been on my mind, should we have opened up the perfect ending of Return of the Jedi? And I think the answer is no. There wasn't a clear, uh, uh, there wasn't a clear object uh, objecting with making this trilogy, and it hurt. Object is what he meant. Object with this trilogy, and I think it hurt it. George Lucas made Star Wars movies uh, when he had a, has a stories to tell. Disney made this trilogy to make the movies and tried to tried to figure out the story afterwards. And I feel like that's the biggest letdown. Um, I can't really disagree with you, Kurt. I. I largely, I, maybe I think I enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker more, and I can kind of see where they made connections to the rest of the saga, but was it, were they figuring out the story afterwards? Were they building to that climax? Were they building up to Palpatine the whole time? No, no, they weren't. So, I mean, I can't really disagree with you, Kurt. Uh, Kurt has a couple questions. Um, Palpatine's character was all about having immorality. Why does he now want to pass on or immortality, why does he want to pass on his rank to Rey? It's against his previous ideology and the Sith way. I didn't take it, and I I haven't seen it in a few weeks, guys. I need to go back before it's out of theaters. But I took it more as he would be possessing Rey. 
his once again because he said i am all the sith before she says i am all the jedi i think that's more the direction he was they weren't really explicit about it but that's the way i read it um another question uh why send this message to the whole galaxy as mentioned in the opening crawl when he was always secretive and no one knew that he was a sith well i think the answer was patience is that like a cop-out maybe but it makes sense to me if the First Order has sort of done his dirty work already that he's now prepared to take over. And so, like anything, it's a bit of a propaganda piece. And, and that is something that Palpatine has, has been known for throughout the Clone Wars. In fact, the Clone Wars animated series delved into this in... That one episode with Ahsoka on the run through Coruscant. I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were, but I do remember like there's a um, like a hall, giant citywide you know <laughs> public service announcement from Palpatine, and it was very propaganda like. And you and you saw him in Revenge, in Revenge of the Sith. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. That's not what he says there. When he's, oh yes, <clears throat> an attempt on my life has left me scarred and deformed. But I assure you, may resolve. I can't yell. It's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I do actually have a roommate. That's why I'm talking so quietly. <laughs> it's too much information. Uh, let me jump down to. Um, let's see. Here we go. What's the state? Here we go. What's the state? of the galaxy at the end and what's next for the uh, Jedi return of the Jedi answered that question, but the rise of Skywalker, it seemed like a more somber and lonely end instead of hopeful, uh, instead of an hopeful, hopeful end, like return of the Jedi. Um, once again, well, it's a lonelier end. I don't know that it's somber. I really think that, if they were too explicit in the setup, it would have taken away from of uh, from Ray taking on. I know this is a controversy with some people. I loved it, but Ray taking on the name of a Skywalker, and I think that if um if we you know kind of seen the beginnings of a new Jedi Order or Luke her communing with Luke or the rest of the Jedi, I think we got the the sense she declared the the future is there are two moments and I'm stealing this from an amazing uh, episode of rebel force radio recently. They had, what was the guy's name? Um, Hit a Yogi on, but he's like a myth, myth, mythological guy. And and he talks about the the story of the rise of Skywalker really centers on Ray's identity. And we have, and Ray there, the whole movie is just asking, who are you? Who are you? You know, is at the festival, you, have, you know, all, all types of our identity. Like, are you a pilot? Are you a rebel? Are you a Jedi in training? Are you what, who is Ray? And she's still wrestling. Famously, people tell me, keep, people keep telling me they know me. I think no one does. Like the whole movie is questions about her identity. And that final scene to me, there, there are two moments. One is when she says, I am all the Jedi, declaring who she is right after, you know, taking on the mantle and the blessing of the flawed but well-intentioned original Jedi Order. And then finally in the last scene, who are you? I'm Rey Skywalker. What does it mean to be the Jedi? I am all the Jedi. Well, that's, that's, to be Luke Skywalker, not to be, not to be the young, idealistic, naive Luke Skywalker, not to be the, the conflicted, passionate, but maybe slightly selfish Luke Skywalker of Empire Strikes Back. He's got to go save his friends, not complete his training, not to be, not to be the, the failed Luke Skywalker, the, the failed mentor who let down Ben Solo and let down the legacy of the Jedi Order. No. She is Luke Skywalker who looked upon his father and forgave him and redeemed him. That's who Luke Skywalker is, and that's 
what a true Jedi is. So when Rey declares that, she, you know, I am all the Jedi, she's declaring Luke Skywalker is what a true Jedi should be. Um, and Luke Skywalker embraces that role throughout. Well, I would argue embraces that role at the very end of The Last Jedi when he faces uh, off against Kylo Ren and saves the day. Messy journey to get there, yes. But does in the end of The Last Jedi save the day? And then, of course, <laughs> when he picks up a lightsaber, and that's not how you treat a Jedi, treats his weapon. So I think that's, for me, that's a, that's a very roundabout way of getting to Kurt's question, but that's alluding to the, the future of the Jedi Order. Um, that's, that's what the future is. I, I don't think that's lonely at the, right now, yes. But somber? I don't think so. I think her looking upon Luke and Leia is exactly what we needed. So um, thanks, Kurt, for the email. I appreciate it. Hopefully that kind of shed some light on my thoughts on the film. It's, it's something I haven't had as much time in, in the last... This, I, this is really me sitting down for the first time in a few weeks to, to ponder this and, and talk about this movie. So um, And, and kind of get, obviously, uh, dig into what you guys thought of it. Uh, speaking of which, we have uh, an email from Richard. He says, hey, lo- hey, gang, love the podcast. I subscribe. Well, thank you. Um, it's so nice to have a podcast that saw the same movie I watched this weekend. <laughs> there you go. Um, real quick, Finn wanted to tell Rose he was force sensitive. Yeah, that was something we were asking earlier in one of the early episodes. Now, this is kind of cool. Being 70 years old and not, uh, not an over-the-top Star Wars fan, but seriously being addicted since May 25th, 1977, 17 views in the first three weeks. Dude, Richard... O-G. Um, he goes on to say, I completely enjoyed this movie and actually all three in the series. I understand haters will hate, but why? From the beginning, uh, it's been a ride and a growing fantasy. Uh, if these others could just learn, um, learn early to sit back and enjoy the ride, I think everyone would have a smile on their faces. All I can say is, wow. After three viewings and counting, I've... Um, uh, I've I've only I've watched these films and I've seen the balance carried through. Uh, some have made me say, "What the?" <laughs> but it's not my vision, and I accept. Uh, the rise delivered uh, where it should on every level. I can only pray for more before I can be um, be a force ghost, if you know what I mean. Keep up, uh, keep it up, team. From Richard. So there we go, Richard, um, original trilogy era fan. Um, Saw it in theaters, May 25th, 1977. And he's been around since then. Dude, Richard, thank you for the email. I, I have nothing to add. That was well said. Well said. Uh, all right, email from Blake. Actually, you know what? Let me... Um, it's, it's just going to be... A, it's going to be that kind of show, guys. We got to get a little bit of... A um, little bit of in-between uh, because I got to let... I got to grab some water and <laughs> take a brief break in between uh, emails. I'll be right back. I'm um, happy to report. So far, success. The roommate is not awake. <laughs> um, here's the thing. This is gonna be. This is the most NPR-ish episode of the Star Wars Report ever. I'm usually so bombastic. Hey guys, welcome back. 
I feel like I'm reporting the political news of the night. The political news of the night is the Iowa Democratic Party has still not yielded results from the... <clears throat> how's, how's my NPR voice, guys? Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Back to the emails. Uh, who was next? Was it Bud? Oh, yes. Uh, email from Blake. Can you talk about the in upcoming episodes about how Ben Solo fulfilled what Anakin could not in bringing the one he loved back? Ah, we're kind of back to the... Um, uh, not from a Jedi line uh, it's as if turning to the light in turning to the light he proved that act- Anakin actually made a worse decision because it was only a light side power I don't know that it's I think fulfilled truly are we, are we in the act of true love territory fulfilled truly on the light side a, the an act of love proved his um, sacrifice uh, to give his life force to Ray. this is it is let's be honest guys it's weird it's it's a bit of it's a reach. I don't think it's too far a reach, but it's a reach. <laughs> I mean, you have to stretch out a little bit um, for the whole Ben Solo saving Ray at the very end. It's it's beautiful, and it would have been more beautiful if it was just for friendship. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying. I'm still stuck on that. Um, but I don't think, as Blake is saying, that it's only a light side power. I think if if it's I mean, if it were only light side um, power, Palpatine wouldn't still be around. I mean, that's the explanation. Honestly, the explanation for why Palpatine survived in Rise of Skywalker, why it works, it's it's not perfectly done. It's rushed. But I think why it largely works is because of Revenge of the Sith. And so we're we're seeing both a light side and a dark side version of that extension of life. So I don't know. I think I, to me, I think that's the that's the. But at the same thing, at the same time, he proved that Anakin was an idiot. But you know, we already knew that. Email from Tristan. Um, Tristan says, "Hey, how does um, Ray have Luke uh, and Anakin's lightsaber at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker when it was split in half at the end of the Last Jedi?" Well, um. I don't remember where I read this. I think Leia helps repair it. When, when we see it, you, if you look at it closely, you can see how the lightsaber's been repaired in the Rise of Skywalker version, which I think was a cool move. It's sort of a... It's, <laughs> it's the broken remnants of the past, but it still serves her purpose now, sort of like the Jedi were flawed and broken, but it's not. that doesn't mean that you reject their whole teaching. Um, so I think that... But in the same way... I think it was really important to have Ray build her own lightsaber. I'm sad we didn't get to see that, but also that's because we had the the TikTok editing generation <laughs> or the YouTube generation of uh, filmmaking style where you just, you know, you blink and you miss five key plot points in Rise of Skywalker. Um, all right, so, all right, we're making a dent, guys. We're, we're, we're still going, though. We got an email from Wes. He says, hey, um... Star Wars Report by far is the best... Co- oh, oh, thanks. He says really nice things about the Star Wars Report that I won't read and embarrass myself, but thanks. Thanks, Wes. Um, quick thought on Baby Yoda. and his- Oh, shifting away from uh, Rise of Skywalker temporarily. Quick thought on Baby Yoda and his species. It's It was revealed in Chapter 8 Redemption that Mandalorians are not a people but a creed. Shortly after, we see the armor... Um, we are told by the armor that it is Din Djarin's duty to protect and deliver Baby Yoda to the people or group he belongs to. My thought, what if they're one and the same? What if Baby Yoda's species is the origin of the Jedi? What if they are Jedi? Here's what I mean. Like the Mandalorians, who clearly are um, equally a religion and a creed, uh, what if Baby Yoda's species are the Jedi and were wiped out by the Sith or some other group of people and the survivors did what the Mandalorians do, but with Force-sensitive children. They adopt these kids, teach them the ways of the Force, thus ensuring their customs survive, even if their species may not. Dude. I can't, like, I say, you guys blow me away. I, I, I Like, if I had some sort of salient point to add <laughs> that was better constructed than you just did, Wes, I would. But really, like, I'm into it. I like the idea, although it kind of gets back to... If you haven't, it kind of reminds me of Yoda's Secret War, where he sort of delves into the origins of the Force. It's a sort of flashback series in the main Star Wars line of comics. It's really good. If you haven't read it, you should. 
Um, back to e- Wes's email. Side note, it's clear that some Mandalorians of, uh, of the race have uh, survived as seen in chapter three. Um, so there could be beings in the galaxy of baby Yoda species who have survived. Makes sense. I don't... They're saying baby Yoda might have a little brother or sister. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, email from Jenny. Oh, Jenny's a longtime listener. Jenny Fifield. Um, she says, first thought... So can she just say she's a Skywalker and she's a Skywalker now? It felt weirdly cheap. Though upon further contemplation, again, this is Jenny, technically Anakin was half midichlorian, which might make him technically both a Skywalker and Palpatine, which means Skywalker is in the Palpatine family line, which uh, rose above the darkness, walked on the sky. Skywalker. Skywalker, starting with Anakin, was Palpatine's bloodline, so uh, that it would not accept the dark. And Ray has always been a Skywalker. It just took her three films to claim it. Thoughts? <laughs> well, again, Jenny, I think you made the argument better than I could. Although I like your idea of Skywalker walked above, rose above. Although with there's a lo- there's an assumption we can dig into this in a future episode more um, in more detail. But there's an assumption that Anakin is a creation of Palpatine. There are two schools of thought, really. Anakin one is the midichlorians to create life. You know, in that scene in Revenge of the Sith. So was it was it Palpatine that manipulated the Midichlorians? In in that camp, you have the recent I think Vader comic. Yeah, Vader comic, which shows a vision that Darth Vader has of Palpatine doing some like force voodoo around Shmi Skywalker's belly. It's kinda creepy. But it's it's right there in the panel. Now, here's the deal. Uh in in this is a whole nother discussion we won't have now but in their evident desire to make clear all story making decisions which has good and bad i'm not going to talk about it right now uh folks at lucasfilm have tweeted like you do have tweeted no, that's not what it was. It was a vision that Darth Vader had, similar to Luke's vision in the cave. It's not an actual representation of reality. Now, I'm just going to tell you what I thought when I read the comic. I'm like, damn, Palpatine done created a dark side baby in a <laughs> using weird, you know, he's like, it's like the reverse Jesus story. Um, so in, the, in some like weird perverse way. So that's how I read it when I first first read that comic, long before I saw any anybody on that Lucasfilm tweet about it. So, and Sam Witwer had some interesting points on why that might not be the the best thing for fandom. Just kind of let people make the arguments themselves instead of because it's it's ambiguous, right? It's up to interpretation. I mean, until somebody tweets about it, in which case, anyway, I won't go there. Um, but that's kind of one school of thought. The other school of thought being that, in fact the force itself sort of uh, created the chosen one in response to the darkness rising. And thus Anakin was a creation of the force in the same way raise a sort of um, creation of the force Um, darkness rises and light to meet it. Now, remember that's a line. Um, No, is is that a line from force awakens or last Jedi? I can't remember. But point being, darkness rises and light to meet it with evil rising good, therefore is due to respond. Um, and I like I like both versions of this story. It makes more sense to me as a fan that Palpatine created that which he thought would lift him to power and in fact did temporarily but it was in fact anakin's choice darth vader's choice his personal story to reject darkness even after all these years and embrace redemption um and and embrace repentance and save his son um and i think that's that's the most poetic story to me as a fan that's kind of riley's headcanon that's the way i look at it but uh great email jenny i appreciate it and um yeah let's jump um uh oh here we go email from stevie uh and this will have to i'm gonna have to guys i'm gonna have to take another like a little two-minute water break this whole like recording by myself 
whispering into a microphone at two o'clock in the morning is it's a thing guys it's a thing um Stevie says, uh, I'm currently reading Master and Apprentice. Great book. Um, I believe uh, there may be a bit of foreshadowing leading to Palpatine's return. Well, guys, you were asking for it. Right? We're at, we're, we've, we've all been wondering, why it's Palpatine? This is kind of sudden. Well, Ian McDermott stands up, laughs, chuckles at Star Wars Celebration. Everybody freaks out. Uh, Stevie's saying it was right there the whole time in Master and Apprentice, Chapter 5. Uh, Obi-Wan is loosely talking to Qui-Gon about a passage he's read in the Jedi Scrolls dealing with prophecies. One prophecy Obi-Wan mentions is, quote, when the righteous lose the light, evil once dead shall return. Could this be hinting at Palpatine? Could the light, could that have been Luke dying? Um, hmm. Now that makes a lot of sense. As as Luke's as Luke vanishes into the Force at the end of the Last Jedi, <clears throat> saving the day uh, at the end of the Last Jedi, um, that would make a lot of sense. It would make more sense if <laughs> the authors of the books had that level of integration into the canon. Sadly, they do not. Um, but it'd be pretty cool, Stevie. It'd be pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't mind it. We'll do this one real quick. Email from Luke. 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 Tell Uncle be sure he speaks much. I'm going slowly insane, guys. Um, personally, I liked uh, 7 and 9, but I loved Rogue One and Solo. Episode 8 didn't work for me because of how they handled Luke Skywalker, who saved everybody at the end of the movie, thus fulfilling the role of a true Jedi. No, that last part I added. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, it's listen, it's a fair criticism. How they handled Luke Skywalker, where was I? Oh, quote, uh, back to Luke's email. Um, Along uh, with other things, now with The Mandalorian, it feels like the future Star Wars for me show is is on Disney+. Plus. The Mandalorian was an amazing show from start to end. We get to spend a lot more time with the characters and it feel more connected to them. In the end, what do you guys think the future of Star Wars should be? TV, new saga, or uh, standalone movies? And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we'll answer that right after I take a quick break. BRB. Oh, oh hi. Uh, Luke, Luke's email. Yeah, what's going to happen? Uh, TV, new saga, standalone movies. Um, I think we're getting new saga. I think we're getting the. Um, if you guys have seen any of the rumors, I think we're getting the High Republic stuff. Some of the there's been some rumors bouncing around, and there's even a re- recent comic in which Finn mentions the era of the High Republic. I think the High Republic is the new Old Republic, and I think we're gonna get uh, Kevin Feige developing a new saga of films with completely new characters. Will it reference the main mythology? Will it reference the Skywalkers or the force or the Jedi order? Yes, probably. Although if it's a prequel, if it's like high Republic era, a few hundred years before um, the Phantom Menace, maybe not. Maybe it will be a true new saga, not disconnected from the Skywalkers. And I wouldn't mind that. I think we're going to get that in a few years. But in the meantime, dude, it's all it's all Disney Plus and and the publishing world. Uh, listen, there's there's been some misses, but largely, like the world of comics, just rolling on all cylinders. Um, book publishing still, I mean, steamrolling along. They have so many books on the on the schedule. The new Thrawn book. Um, I think they're really going to be focusing on short term. This Obi-Wan series, I mean, yes, we know it was, they delayed filming, but I mean, it's still happening, guys. That's going to be the focus. I mean, obviously, it's the focus where they wouldn't have pushed it back. Like, they would have taken semi-crappy sh- scripts and just gone with it if they're like, man, we'll get it over with. But they're not treating it like that. They're treating it seriously. So, they shot, they push back filming. They're reworking the scripts. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about that on the show, but... Um, that is the case. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the focus short term. We're going to get back to theaters, right? But it's not going to be the same. Like, I mean, we'll all be there, but we'll never have another 
Rise of Skywalker. We'll never have honestly. We'll never ha- we'll never have a Force Awakens. That's for sure. I think the next. Uh, and Luke, you said it in your email. You love Rogue One and Solo. I think you should be excited because I think this future saga films or future films in the theatrical releases. I think those are gonna be. I mean, frankly, lower budget and more independent Star Wars films. But here's the good news. That's what Star Wars is. It's an independent film. And if if there's one consistent criticism throughout the whole struggle of the sequel trilogy, because everybody has their own criticisms, right? And we've talked about it ad, ad nauseum, whether you liked The Last Jedi, hated The Last Jedi, loved or hated Rise of Skywalker, these were mu- these were more corporate films. They they were more ha- hands in the cook hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, there's more hands in the honey pot. I forget. There's more cooks in the kitchen. There we go. More cooks in the kitchen than there have, had ever been in Star Wars. And in a lot of ways, the saga film suffered for it. Rogue One. I mean, it was a pretty independent film i guess by comparison i mean there's there's still meddling and production woes in rogue one certainly wasn't solo um but i bet you anything that there's more creative vision there was i mean honestly there was more creative vision in those two films i would say than the skywalker films i don't you like i could compare writing or characters or favorite films i don't know if they would make my personal favorites i love episode seven um i i love rise of skywalker but but I, if, if there's a more independent spirit, I think that could definitely be ascri- ascribed to Rogue One and Solo. So I think that that just makes that just makes more sense to me. Um, that that that's the route that they go, and they don't. They're not going to be these big tentpole. I mean, they're still going to be tentpole, but they're they're not going to be the the next Iron Man movie. It's, it's Star Wars is is and will take a cultural backseat, and that's okay. Like, we've lived through Star Wars in the in the cultural best backseat. I my fandom was born really like when I really you know embraced all this craziness. <laughs> when I really just embraced the inner Star Wars insanity and went to Star Wars celebration and went to Star Wars weekends and made friends with Star Wars and started a Star Wars podcast. That was all born as 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 Star Wars itself was in the pop culture background. All, all it was was the Clone Wars show. If you watch that, um, you know, a few comics and books, but that's, that's okay. That it's okay to be there. Um, I, I'd argue it's, it's good to be there. It's just less pressure. It's too much pressure guys. The end of the Skywalker saga. The, it is. It's too much pressure guys. Ah, <sighs> says Riley ranting at two in the morning. Anyway, um, another email. Uh, let's see from Brian, uh, email from Brian Bodner. Brian emails and says, Hey Riley, love the show and all things star Wars. Just want to give you a couple of thoughts on things. Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was really good. Definitely top five, but not my favorite. I'm conflicted on this one, uh, on this one, because uh, I, what I see is floppy writing, i.e. I- the fake deaths, the underuse of the Knights of Ren, uh, when they could have been highlighted in the first scene, uh, the line about 16 hours uh, makes the whole movie feel rushed and um, and doesn't justify the massive resistance fleet buildup. But I think the biggest issue with the film is is it feels bloated, like it should have been two films. Now I heard this one a lot. Um, the scenes that should have been should have been more had a more emotional resonance just felt cheapened because there wasn't time for the audience to feel what the character should be feeling. Dude. You are hitting it, Brian. You're hitting it on all cylinders. Not no greater evidence of that to me than Leia's death. I'm just gonna say, guy, both times Leia's death, it 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 doesn't hit you like like Han Solo's death. Han Solo's death. There's this, this five minute buildup. This whole conversation between father and son. Will he? Won't he? Leia's death. She's just she's just like checking out of the hotel, so to speak. Walks over takes a nap disappears <laughs> like maybe that wasn't your experience watching the movie but for me it, it felt so rushed i think you're on it um uh here we go uh also future of star wars get this back to brian latest news reports of the next star wars movies is that it'll take 400 years before the phantom menace and highlight yoda as jedi knight and darth bane i hadn't heard that specific part of the high republic rumor but i'll take your word for it brian 
Kathleen Kennedy isn't sure they're even going to make trilogies and instead just make standalone films that connect to each other in some way. Uh, then Ewan McGregor confirmed we're only getting six episodes of Kenobi at one hour long each. Does it feel like Disney actually has a plan moving forward from what we've seen with the sequels and now with the new rumors going forward? It doesn't appear that they have a long-term vision for Star Wars. Thoughts? Um, answer, Brian? No. Uh-uh. They don't. Bad news. Sorry, guys. Um, they don't. But I think they're working on it. Uh, the the short term vision is the publishing they have coming out and 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 the um and the Obi Wan series and there's a reason it's only six episodes is, is Ewan McGregor has also been on a few late night shows confirming that it was going to be a film that they were developing before but now it's a Disney Plus series um and I think what really guaranteed that it was going to be a Disney Plus series was the success of Mandalorian honestly I think that's really what made them say nope we're gonna we're going to put this on Disney plus we're going to start over with star Wars movies. So I don't have a plan. I don't think for the theatrical releases, but you know, I believe I have faith a little bit left a little bit, right? Yeah. Email from Justin. Hey Riley, love the show. My wife made an interesting observation about Brit Ben bringing Ray back to life. This was the power that Anakin tried to achieve to save Padme. His obsession with this power is what led him, uh, uh, and the galaxy to the dark side, and of course, ultimately, he failed to save Padme. His grandson was able to achieve this power because he returned to the light side. I see this as Ben achieving what Anna could could not could not. Justin, that's a beautiful pin in the previous conversation. Ben achieved what Anakin couldn't, what Anakin never could, because of Anakin's own selfishness, greed, and and failure as as a Jedi. Initial up until you know the whole throwing the emperor down the the shoot thing uh oh here's a email from our latest patron um bill shannon what's up bill thanks for uh, supporting us um hey you can be like be like bill patreon.com slash star wars report we're doing a we're actually doing a patron hangout tomorrow as i'm reading this on skype so if you're interested patreon.com slash star wars report there we go easy plug hey there just want to send a quick note and say thanks for the pod um pretty new to this podcast thing and i've been a star wars fan who genuinely genuinely enjoyed all the films and this place is so refreshing i've tried some other star wars podcasts found a lot of bitterness and name calling no star wars podcasts bitter what anyway <clears throat> i'm not saying it's bad to be critical but i believe there are moments in all the films where i roll my eyes but i found a balance with your pods that i haven't experienced well thanks man i'm just reading nice uh, things again i'm gonna skip down here we go <clears throat> from bill uh appreciate it bill it's really nice of you um he says my wife and i are taking our three kids to star wars celebration this august and we're only going the first day because we're late to the game and i don't think the kids could last being that close to disneyland and not going that's fair my wife is making mandalorian costumes um oh they're, do they're doing a whole mandalorian costume family that's awesome and send us a picture too so yeah thanks bill i appreciate you emailing um and and here's the thing i i kind of rolled by the podcast stuff but it is it is it's something that with star wars report we want this to be a thoughtful critique you know intellectually honest sure uh place but we want it to be fun let's make star wars fun um that put that on my presidential campaign slogan make star wars fun again <laughs> I don't know. Um, there we go. But that is that is the goal of the show. I'm going to talk about that again. I'm teasing here at the very end, but um, it's true. It's it's very true. Holy cow! I've been recording for nearly 45 minutes. Jeez. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, Bill. Again, thanks for the email and thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, David, uh, awesome longtime listener. Uh, David, he shot us a question. Hey, question to you, Riley. Where do you come down on Ray become coming from? No one special in the Last Jedi and the message it conveys that any of us can rise up to be a hero or jj's decision in the movie to make ray a palpatine and the message conveys um to be a big time hero, you need to be you need parents like luke and leia or or that ray has now i like any good lawyer i'm going to challenge the premise of the question um and i think it's a good one david it could be it is those two things ray no one ray nowhere there's some youtube <laughs> there's this is probably an exercise in futility, but uh, um, Ray, no one. I'm just putting Ray, no one um, angry <laughs> into the YouTube machine and see if I can find this video. 
Uh, <laughs> I I don't see it. Dang it! I was really hoping. Was, uh, audience reaction. Anger. I don't know. This this may or may not work. Um, let's see. Uh, there was this YouTube video. <laughs> Here it is. This is one way to approach the question that you're talking about, David. Um, it's this like camera in a movie theater. They've blocked out the movie so it doesn't violate poppy copyright. And it's that last final scene in the movie. And there's some big Ray fans who are very much a proponent of one particular outcome. No! Take listen. She's about to declare who she is. Wait for it. Oh gosh! <laughs> and gotta edit that. Race guy will. And I li- hang on. Let me get a post-it note. I literally have to write on a post-it note the timestamp to bleep that. I was at about forty-six minutes. Six uh, minutes. <laughs> and I'm putting that sticky on my thing so I don't forget. Because listen, this is a family show. We can't. We can't have that kind of <clears throat> language around here. That's one way of. I shouldn't. I shouldn't laugh. Or should I? I shouldn't. Should I? I shouldn't. Should shouldn't. Anyway, it's 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 a passionate <clears throat> belief that you know the superior story is Ray, no one. But this is. I see it as a a case of JJ walking that not so fine line he's, he's really he's very much straddling the fence on it because i don't think the point of the film is not that she when she says i'm ray skywalker she's embracing the legacy of the skywalker but it's she's not there because she's a palpatine um in fact i don't even think she's powerful because she's a palpatine i mean there's, you know, there's always been something inside me. She's had, always had some kind of special intuition and power, sure. Um, but so did Anakin. I guess if you're arguing Anakin's a creation of power, it's a tough one. I don't know that I have a good, succinct answer. I, I think, hmm. If nothing else, I will say this: the Ray reaching out to the Jedi Order and them being the one to, to propel her forward. I am all the Jedi. She doesn't say, I'm all the Jedi who happen to have a big family lineage that's really important. No. Um, she, she's reaching out to, it's the voice of Obi-Wan. I mean, there's your proof right there. Where does Obi-Wan come from? Obi, Obi no one, Kenobi. Right? I, 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 just because Rey has um, Palpatine's heritage doesn't mean that it conveys the message to me that you have to have to be a Skywalker that's a reach and that's projection honestly it's projection <laughs> on your own life experiences if you think that ray has to um come from nowhere in order to identify with her or be inspired by her um i don't know that's just riley's opinion look at me i have opinions <laughs> i have opinions and i have a podcast i'm dangerous like that um <laughs> oh jeez and that it's going to, that's not even all of them, guys. I have one or two more that have popped in in the last few days, but that's all the emails that I have in, um, that's all the emails I have in the in the inbox. And I, guys, I am pooped. Not even going to lie. But I had a great time. And seriously, to everybody um, who's emailed the podcast, thank you so much. Um, and a lot of these emails, some of these emails I didn't really mention but here, you know, here's a few plugs right here at the end. I'm gonna do all the plugs, guys, for for um for the show, and then stick around after the the music, and we'll have like a little post show briefing from from the old Riley. Um, where was I? Oh yes, yeah, <clears throat> guys, it's so it's so late slash early. Um, it is the uh, the plugs. So make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. That's what I was gonna say, because. Uh, a lot of your emails have actually come in response to newsletters I've been writing, usually every other week or so. Um, every couple weeks, I put out a newsletter. Uh, the most recent one I did, I actually had a great time. I kind of was reflecting on the original Clone Wars run 
um, when I first got into podcasting, really first my passion for Star Wars was born. And I, I loved... I loved that era. I, there's so much I loved about it, but one particular way I f- just fell in love with podcasting and fell m- vastly more in love with Star Wars, with the universe, um, was through the old original Force cast. Um, and so I recount and post some pictures of the old Star Wars Weekends days and the old, um, the old you know, Clone Wars days and, and highlight even some of my favorite old episodes of the cast going on that show. Just some of the stuff that really got me amped for star wars and you know i just like to post little reflections you know the clone war season's coming out soon so i just decided to do a more personal newsletter sometimes we're writing a little bit about the breaking news uh thoughts from the show expanding on things we talk about on the show just a way to stay in touch uh through your email the best way sign up uh starsreport.com slash mailing list i even have this fancy schmancy if you're already subscribed you should look at it because i put all this work in it this fancy schmancy new um (laughs) Uh, what do you call it? Mail if starsport.com slash mailing list landing page. That's the word I'm looking for. Guys, keep just bear with me. I'm trying. I'm not even editing any of this crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you starsport.com slash mailing list for the mailing list. Hey, you can also you can also um, subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcast. If you have not, you're listening to the sound of my voice. Uh, we'll do it. Add it to your Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Spotify. Spotify and the Google uh, Google Podcast app are two places that uh, we live. Um, and actually, go ahead and if you use Spotify, subscribe to us. Even if you listen to us other places, it's a great way for people to discover the show. A whole universe of podcasts uh, at Spotify that we haven't really used. So that'll be fun. Um, and then, uh, what else am I missing? Yeah, email us like everybody else did. Uh, Report at gmail.com. Support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Um, you can support the show also uh, if you're interested in Audible. If you like audiobooks, make sure you check out audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report and get yourself a free audiobook plus two Audible originals. It's a 30-day trial. We love Audible, and you can help support the show by going to audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, finally, of course, Facebook and Twitter. It's just uh, Star Wars Report on those platforms and then find me uh, best place to find me is Instagram at the Riley guy that's also my Twitter handle you can find me there and that's also my Snapchat handle so you can find me at all of those places um, and yeah uh, we appreciate you guys listening I appreciate you just supporting the show listening and we've got some exciting things for the show that we'll talk about right after this of me talking <laughs> if i can make it um no the show hey let's talk about the show right like you do um it's new year brand new year and and you guys you guys blew me away the the whole end of star wars tonight we did it very different this year because uh, for a few reasons um i'm probably going to too much detail but hey if you're still listening then then you care enough about this stuff so um show update so we went through star wars tonight and I literally had to overhaul both how we did Star Wars Tonight and the format of Star Wars Tonight <laughs> and the release of Star Wars Tonight. And of course, in previous years, I would do it entirely in a separate podcast feed. I would do three shows a week for Star Wars Tonight and then also do the Star Wars Report for the fourth day. And then the fifth day, I would do five shows a week, five days in a row leading up to the Star Wars film. But uh, I wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't leading up to the whole film. It was going to interrupt the schedule because I was going to go on the swing shift and suddenly I would have no, for like several weeks leading up to the movie, I would be working uh, during the day. It was really fun. It really ramped up the show. It always amps up my energy. I love, love doing Star Wars tonight um, and it always gets me hyped for the movie and honestly always reminds me why I love Star Wars so much because I can, I remind myself I could literally talk about this stuff every day. 
like <laughs> that's how much I love it. I just love talking about it. But the that I had to just kind of change up some of the format. So I basically produced and recorded all the shows. And I realized this last week with my work schedule and then also being about to get married, you know, small details. Um, it just the idea of Bruce being able to produce the show week to week and the idea of me being on the show week to week just started becoming sketchy. Um, so what we'll be doing moving forward is actually not going to be that much change uh, of the show itself. But um, I just wanted to like, I don't know, it's been on my mind a lot. Um, and I also wanted to include you guys in the process. And I have included you guys. A lot of this is not just format, but it's also content. Um, you guys really affirmed on our survey that we did at the end of the year, the kind of show you want. So to be able to keep doing that, um, uh, we're going to continue the weekly show. I'm going to maintain uh, the basically the, the home ship here. Each week, I'll be on the show mostly <laughs> that's that's basically the answer bruce and mark are still going to be on the show rotating in as guest hosts um but also scott rifen who uh you guys heard a lot on star wars tonight he's going to be rotating in and a few other personalities from the network and stuff that you guys know will be rotating in based on schedule to um to f- to fill in for guest host spots or even host spots as my military duties require me to go and there will be some more than more than previous years there will be some weeks that we miss i mean just based on recording schedule but the desire and drive to create a quality show each week is it's just there and it's something that i like i said a moment ago i just love doing it um i i I absolutely love it so the show's going to come out on wednesdays um and we'll be recording over the weekends slash early weeks you know somewhere in that range of sunday to sunday to tuesday probably and uh that that's going to allow for the recording and production show to to meld a little bit with the possibility of uh continuing basically um which i'm excited about and i'm really happy with the people who i've been texting and talking to who are who are going to be there to help propel the show forward as as i sort of take the reins to the extent i can on the weeks that i can and i appreciate you guys being patient and and honestly for you guys who are still listening that means you're the ones who really care about the show and um and and care about the future of the show and and as we look to the rest of this year it's going to be huge with more mandalorian with clone wars about to come out um, we're going to be doing reaction episodes to Clone Wars. We're going to be doing uh, Mandalorian stuff, Star Wars Celebration. Um, my intent's to be there as long as, again, like uh, military duties allow. So that's sort of the update of the, of the show. Not a lot, actually, I guess, changing it on the f- finished product, but just kind of a check-in with you guys here at the beginning of the year to let you know what's going on. Um, if you want to... Uh, well, have input into the show and the stuff that you like most, email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. Um, I'm, my inbox is open. I respond to all emails. Um, and um, honestly, like this was the overwhelming, I was talking to Bruce about this, uh, the overwhelming feedback from the survey that I've seen is just, and, and, and you, saw it in some, you saw it in some of the emails today, we want to show that's where Star Wars is still fun. And that's what we're going to focus on. It really is. And and I think that's the big takeaway. That's, that's what we want to keep uh, the ball rolling, uh, doing those things. So there's, I had no notes or anything. That's just an unofficial update on the show. Um, and we will be back next week as I am currently actually lining up who our, who our guest was going to be for that week. But, um, if you're interested in the show or you want to, if you're still listening and you want to help out the show and support it, um, uh, Hey, just hit our Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars report. Um, but if you just listen to the show and enjoy it each week, if you guys, if you email us, if you just listen and like what you hear, um, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And without further ado, my poor voice is dying. Let's get back to Augie's <laughs> Municipal Band. <laughs> We're going to call it uh, on this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Let's see. Ooh, time check. Yep. Hour. Look at that. We hit an hour. Go team. <laughs> <laughs>